Hops and Stocks podcast is presented by 100 Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. I'll be doing myself a disservice if I didn't ask for your number. Like, listen, I'm married <laughs> and I haven't asked for a female's number in so long, <laughs> but I want your number so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he just do us all a favor and add her to the group chat right quick. Right. Hey, yeah, we'll that, that was better. Eric yeah, got we'll start, my number. I got we'll her number. group chat. Well, actually, a separate group chat. Yeah, separate. It, it can't be the one that we're always in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald, check. Donald, delete us real quick. Welcome back to the Hops and Stocks podcast brought to you by 100 Spoke Media Group. This is episode 26. We got special guest Don Marbury with us, who's going to talk cryptocurrency. Um, Don's an IT professional and U.S. Army veteran. But Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, Don. Yeah, man. First and foremost, thank you. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate, appreciate you coming on. But before, nope, we, uh, before we kick it over to Don, I think we're going to probably talk to three Bs. We got Bingles, Beer, and Black History Ooh, Month. Day. You know what I'm Ooh, saying? Day. Big win for the Bingles. Bingles. I'm going <laughs> oh, to let Sanchez yeah. get his shine since that is team. Yeah, man. Man. Hold on. I'll be back. I, my little pillow. My little buddy. I got to get my buddy. Uh-huh. But yeah, like you said, man, big, big win for the Bingles going back to the Super Bowl. Um, I believe it's first, first time, time since 88. 33 years or something yeah. like that. So what, what grade were we in? I remember the Super Bowl. I know I was in elementary, but I can't. I want to say it was sixth grade, man. Because I remember I had a Bengals t-shirt and that was like the whole entire whole entire school was like just celebrating the Bengals. Yeah, my whole damn school yeah. was some fake 49er fans, man. I heard. Yeah, man. They had, uh, they had those uh, 3D glasses for that year, didn't they? For halftime show. Y'all remember that? I remember the glasses. I can't remember what year uh. it was. You could, I think but you anyway, could man, go to like Seven Eleven, get the glasses, and then it has whatever you put them on. I can't get it where I want it. Yeah. Hey, I told you I'm my lucky beer, man. Lucky beer. I'm gonna save this one. I'm gonna save this one for the Super Bowl. This is my who day beer. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that follows Doug on social media, y'all was treated to uh, some man. special shenanigans. I think he would have made Ric Flair proud with his with his hoops. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it was surreal. I don't understand why that's not on our page, man. Yeah, man. I, 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 why? Why should it be? Because it's good content, man. man that's good I mean, content. Somebody, content. Uh, didn't somebody tell you to record? Man, it's personal, man. It's personal. I mean, hey, man, I'm the one that person. shot it to you like, hey, man, this is good content. <laughs> tell your and wife. I took it down. I put it up. I showed it I showed it for a little while, and I took it down. That's personal, man. <laughs> Everybody only got to see that. You know, you know, I screen, I screen recorded it, right? So I, can put it I mean, that, that's just how weird you are. I, I can't help how weird you are. <laughs> so I'm gonna put that on but, our page just because you said that. <laughs> anyway, man, I'm, I'm like, bro, that, that, I'm that Taylor might bring you the game ball for that screen, bro. Nah, man, I ain't doing it for that, man. I'm, I'm just doing out of just pure, just sheer happiness, man. It was crazy. Man, Dallas to self, like. <laughs> hey, I, I ain't see that. You poured something on you? Oh, man, he's yeah, drinking man. water on himself, man. I wasn't even drinking. Actually, I wasn't even drinking. I just had water. I, you know, saying I was sober. I was just, man, I was so focused, man. I mean, my heart, my heart was crazy the whole time. I bet. Uh, the overtime, I kind of felt, man, when when they got the when they got the um, 
when they got the ball and Apple missed that first interception, I'm like, man, something going on with Mahomes, man. He, he wasn't, he wasn't clicking. And I was like, how the fuck did you drop that, Apple? Then the next play, Apple actually redeemed himself because he came in and yeah, knocked the ball nice to the uh, – yeah, great play, man. So, after that, you know, when you put it in the kicker's hands, it was it was curtain, man. I, I mean, our it, kicker's so confident. I think if, if, if Kansas City wasn't trying to bury y'all in the first half, they could have just kicked the field goal instead of going for the touchdown right before half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was the arrogance. Fast. And then yeah, they that was the arrogance. Fucked up, man. Yeah, I think the bingo said they carried that momentum into halftime. Like, that was a big play for them. Oh, yeah. And Apple made that tackle. He, he made that tackle. Sure, and it was a play. Tackle. It, was, it was a play that they they probably would score on, you know, saying eight times out of ten, but shit, not, not that time. But, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we're going, man. And, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to drop no 6000 for no ticket, but we definitely insane, celebrate. Man. Insane. That, that's, that's the insane. one thing. I, that's one thing I feel like the NFL needs to to revisit because it becomes it's it's I mean based upon those prices it's a corporate event like your average fan can't fork yeah. over six thousand dollars plus room board flights to sit up in the nosebleeds man like you sit your experience in watching the game ain't even a, you better off watching it at home right you know what I mean so but yeah it, like I said I've I seen a bunch of videos of some sports bars down there in Cincinnati people was lit you know what I mean so. Salute Cincinnati Bengals. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully they, they bring one back for the hometown or home state. Who right? they nation. Yeah. They stand man. up who they nation. I think everybody on here is who they nation. I know Don is. Yeah, we 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 all represent. You know what I'm saying? But um yeah, it's, it's, big for the state. it's big for the state, man. We all live in Ohio, man. You don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. I'm just messing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's kick it over to the to the second B. We got Black History Month. Um, I wake up black every day, so I don't need a, a special month to celebrate all things black. But here we are, you know what I'm saying? And we actually going to do a pot. Our podcast today is centered around black breweries. Um, so I don't know if you guys got some things to chime in as it relates to Black History Month. Um, yeah. So when I was doing a little research today, because I wanted to find out the impact of, you know, African-Americans on, on a craft beer industry. Cause you know, you really don't see that often. Cause you know, they, it's really dedicated to like, it's not really geared towards us. That's why it's yeah. not popular at all. It's not marketed for us, but we're in the industry. So I looked it up and it's less than 1% out of 8,500 craft beer breweries in the States. It's only less than 1% that's black owned. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're shining some light and giving some of these black breweries that shine today. And I wanted to highlight one, one person in particular, give her her flowers now. This lady's name is Celeste Beatty. She runs um, Harlem Brewing Company. Uh, she's the first brewery in the country that's owned by a black woman. So I wanted to give her, little, her flowers today on this podcast. Big ups yeah, to Miss Beatty. I'm going to treat her with respect, Miss Beatty. Good information. I think um, the actual number of black breweries, which makes sense to your your 1%, because I believe it's only around 60 or some odd black-owned breweries in the country. Um, Actually, what's kind of significant to that is out of that 60, Ohio has five, which that's a a nice percentage. That's a big percentage. 
Yeah, that's a big big <clears throat> of the 60. Um, so you know what I'm saying? Salute to all our, our, our black breweries in Ohio and around the country. Um well, spe- speaking of which, man, I, I wanna we wanna shine esoteric, man. Um, it's a Cincinnati based brewery. It's minority owned. Um, and what's interesting is that the the, the brewer, I guess guess you can call him a master brewer. His name is yeah, Brian brew, Jackson. Brewmaster. Yeah. He uh his name is Brian Jackson. <laughs> we all went to school with a Brian Jackson, but he he's from Mad Tree. He's from Mad Tree Brewing. Yeah. And uh he's a, he's co-founder with a guy named um Marvin. Um I don't want to mess up his name, but Abernica, Abernica, maybe. <laughs> and it, it says he was a serial entrepreneur. I was like, man, he, you you a serial. I mean, you you pretty serious about your entrepreneurship if they call you a serial entrepreneur. So <laughs> um, the uh, the lotus flower is their their logo, and uh, it has some meaning behind it. But I, I was out of out of all their investors, thirty five percent of um, Esoteric's investors are are minority. And the other twenty percent are people just from the neighborhood. So they're keeping, um, they're trying to keep the black dollar in, inside, you know, the beer business, and actually keeping the dollar inside the neighborhood too. So yeah, so big up the esoteric. Yeah, Walnut Hills, right? Yeah. So big up the esoteric. We're gonna uh, make a visit, and hopefully, we can get somebody from, uh, you know, somebody a representative to come, you know, come on and talk to us uh, after, after we reach out after they hear this beautiful podcast. They're not gonna <laughs> have a choice. They're not gonna have the choice. Not, nothing but love for them. So, uh, so esoteric. So big up to esoteric. And I'm gonna go ahead and start it off with the uh, review, unless somebody has another fact. Since that's what I'm drinking. Oh, you man. have another fact, Blast? Nah, okay. nah. Do you think? So, uh, speaking of which, esoteric Odyssey is what I'm reviewing tonight. It's a, a New England IPA, six point five percent. I'm not a big IPA person um, because of the the hoppiness. It really doesn't. My palate doesn't really agree with it. More and more, I'm, I'm getting used to, and my palate's changing more. And um, I've been sipping on this already, and I, I have to say that it's good, man. I, I'm not getting the real hoppiness that I, I normally get with the IPA, and I'm not just saying it because it's esoteric and they minority own whatever. It's it's le- legit good. Um, let me take another sip of it. It's not real hoppy at all. I'm getting the, I'm getting the citrus. Um, whatever hops they use, quality hops. It didn't give me that information on the actual cam, but yeah, I was gonna say, what's the, what's the stats as far as uh, ABV, IBU? Yeah. See, they they have this fancy cam, but they're not putting a lot of information on it, you know. So, yeah, okay, uh, six point five ALC. So it's not really a real strong IPA because IPAs can go up as high as what, like. 10% sometimes. Yeah, I think you can get some double digits sometimes. Yeah, so this is 6.5. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking the hops are pretty low on it. You know, um, last week, B-Dub, you had one that was damn near 100. Yeah. And it was it was stinging you. This this is not stinging you at all. <laughs> and, you know, it's actually going down real smooth. So cheers. What's that I rating? Like, oh, oh, the rating. IPA, not really a IPA guy. I would give this four four and a half okay really. it's a nice color yeah it is I'm, I'm curious as to if it was named after the odyssey nightclub right i'm just, I'm just messing with y'all <laughs> hey don this is champagne for real <laughs> champagne don cheers to you don the staple of the date nightlife <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna take the next leg 
of the beer review since we're doing the esoteric and I got one myself. I have the uh, Kalima uh, from esoteric. It's a coffee cream ale with Doug's favorite ingredient, lactose. Um, this is checking in at 4.9% on the uh, ALC. And it's a crisp cream ale infused with a special roasted coffee blend to provide a tantalizing twist that refreshingly is invigorating. It's a lot of big words there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, beautiful can, real simple, white, gold letters. You get, a, you know, their Lotus Flower logo on there, like Doug said. Color's about the same, nice gold color. There you go. Cream ale. You can definitely smell that coffee coming off of there. I like Uh, cream ales, man. Yeah, it it smells like, you know, I'm not a coffee guy, but I do like the smell of coffee. And it smells like a good glass of coffee or cup of coffee, I guess. It's got that cider look to it. Mm -hmm. This is actually heavy on the coffee, but not in a bad way. Um, it's, it's difficult to explain because usually heavy, heavy on the coffee, you get that burnt kind of coffee taste. And this ain't this ain't really burnt. It's definitely coffee flavor, but it's smooth. And that that might be with the cream and the ale put together and maybe the lactose is kind of smoothing everything out. Um, yeah, man, this is this is nice. Um, I think I would go four and a quarter. I, w- I wonder if you would like this, Doug. I know you're an ale guy. I guess, you know, the one ingredient kind of scares you away, but this is light and and crisp, man. I, I think you might like this. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah four, four and a quarter, uh, Kalima Coffee Ale from Esoteric. Nice. Y'all did your I thing. Want, I wanted to mention, man, that the Lotus Flower says it's uh, representing enlightenment and beauty overcoming adversity. So that's what the Lotus Flower represents. So it's a pretty good logo that they have going on there. Yeah, Don't we follow them on our social media, man. They seem like they do a, a, a lot of, they got a lot of good stuff going on over there at that the brewery from right. events and stuff. It's like 6,000 square feet, man. So it's, it's nice and nice and big. Yeah, man. It's, it's right in the neighborhood too, man. They ain't, you know, trying to hide or nothing. They're right there in Walnut Hills. A, a, place, really? that, a place that, you know. You can get shot. <laughs> I mean, simple as that. You can get shot. There, there you go. I ain't gonna add nothing else to it. <laughs> you may or may not. Nah, we ain't gonna do that to them, man. Because people might not, people might not check it out. It's a, it's a decent area, man. They they've uh, they've revitalized a lot of that area. There's another. Uh, yeah, they have. You know, there's a, there's another uh, black owned business over there, a uh, barbecue spot too. So they're really, you know, doing some things with that area. And the dope boys are too, and they shooting up. <laughs> Dan Chez Sanchez. <laughs> Man. Hey, everybody's getting business. <laughs> How many minutes are we into this episode? I know, man. Like we just... <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you can't talk about their neighborhood without giving props to the never mind. <laughs> man, this guy say this guy say giving props to recognize the real man what's what's going on in east walnut hill man. i mean you, com- you complain about getting used for the snippet and then you offer snippet type material <laughs> oh man he's over here bigging up the shooters man <laughs> <laughs> no i'm recognizing them man that's what they do over there man <laughs> <laughs> you watch the news <laughs> Moving on, moving on, moving on. Man, somebody take it from here. 
Yeah, man. Uh, I'll go ahead and pick it up, man. Um, he, he muted out. Huh? <laughs> he muted out. Oh, he said he muted out. <laughs> uh, me and Beat Up are actually reviewing the same beer, uh, Black is Beautiful. So I'm going to uh, read a quick blurb on the initiative that's related to Black is Beautiful. Uh, this came out last year, and uh, the Black is Beautiful initiative is a collaborative effort amongst the brewing community and its customers in an attempt to bring awareness to the injustices that many people of color face daily. Our mission is to bridge the gap that's been around for ages and provide a platform to show that the, bu the brewing community is an inclusive place for everyone of any color. So once again, this is uh, Black is Beautiful. Um, and actually, I have the street side offering, same that, that BW will be reviewing here pretty shortly. So this is an imperial stout with macadamia and coconut coffee. Um, a lot of breweries participated in this initiative last year, and I was fortunate to get um, all the local ones here in Nashville. I have all of those, but unfortunately, they're, they're my storage. Um, so this right here is checking in at 10% ABV. It's a stout, love stouts. And I love this, man. This is a really good flavor, checks all the boxes, hits the notes. Um, the coffee flavor is really mild and mellow. So it's it's kind of subtle with that that coconut. And I'm not the biggest coconut fan. So when you get just that slight hint of coconut, it it, it really pairs well with coffee. Um, let me take another sip of this. A lot of chocolate. That was real noise for a second. You said what? I beat up, made a little drinking noise. I oh. thought that was real. I'm like, damn. Nah, that's man. the one we fucking thirsty. <laughs> you get a lot of chocolate. Um it's it's a good one. I would get this four and a half. I haven't I haven't had one that I would actually rate under a four and a half. I think all the breweries did a really good job with this offering. Um, I don't know if this was a shared recipe across all the different breweries, but all of them have this the same same profile. So I don't know if each one had their own particular spin, but street yeah. side, y'all did your thing. Black is beautiful. What did you hey, give is that, that, is that the one we had beat up when you? You brought it down when we did the uh, basement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm giving it four and a half, Blast. Four and a half. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we all had it at the, I think that was the Ohio State Michigan get together we had. And I mean, it was, it was an excellent stout. Yeah. So I hope all I right, still, all, still all a beat up shine, man. Everybody has their own opinion and palette. So I'll let you do your thing. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, Like Eric said, we are reviewing Black is Beautiful. This is the street side rendition. Um, they did do this collaboration with like <clears throat> 830, 30, 883 breweries. Wow. And the thing was they all had the recipe, but each one had their own little, they could tweak it a little bit. That's why this one has a couple of my red doesn't have the macadamia or the coffee note in it. Okay. Um, it's at 10%, like he said, it's, it's dark, it's roasted. Show it to you. This <laughs> movie right here. This is a hey, you know, <laughs> hey, great moment for me to like. Elmatic, man. Shout out to Elmatic, Black Owned Brewery in uh, Huber Heights, Ohio. I'm just glad we don't have to see that chalice this week. <laughs> oh man, you lucky, man. But yeah, it's, it's chocolate, it's, it's macadamia nut, it's coconut. I don't like coconut either, but I've had this before. This is my second re up on it, and I bought four packs. So 
I'm off top before I even sip it on camera. This this is a five for me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. There we go. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, I'm I won't argue with you there, man. It's it's a highly rated beer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They there go that five. Still a five. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. I, I remember that one, man. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 full body, so this is not like an easy reach. It's not something you would have in the summertime. It's definitely a colder month type beverage. But yeah, black is. I love this, this name, man. Yeah, can like, work. Yeah, the can work is great, dope. Um, like I said, man, I think every one I've had has been fire. I haven't had one where I was like, oh yeah, y'all missed something. Um, I would be interested to see if there's an initiative. Uh, if there's like a different offering this year, I haven't seen any, any, any news related to if they're, if they're doing it again, but I cra- I grabbed a couple last year, but yeah, um, we wrapping that part up. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I just got to point out the fallacy, man, that beat up actually went last. It's ridiculous, <laughs> man. I, I don't feel good going last. I feel weird. <laughs> I don't I don't run anchor, I run point. <laughs> yeah, there's some bad juju going on with this episode, man. <laughs> we we'll get it fixed up for the next episode. We have to burn some incense or something, man, to make sure the rest of the episode will go all right. The episode's gonna be fire, man, because we got we got a fire conversation on deck. Once no again, doubt. I want to reintroduce Miss Don Mulberry. Um, she's gonna talk to us about cryptocurrency. Don has done really well in that space. She's been in that space since 2010. So I'm excited to hear about all the information that she has. Um, her and my cousin were traveling from Ohio to New Orleans and they stopped here in Nashville on their way down there. And so that's how I, I got to meet Don. And if Don could have stayed a couple more hours, I would have been, you know what I'm saying, shelling out some coins and had my crypto all set up, man. But the conversation that we had st- sitting right here in my kitchen was really, really good. And I told her, I was like, man, we got to get you on the podcast. I'm like, this is what we talk right. about. We talk about crypto. We talk about NFT stocks. Um, and anybody that's talking about they done, they done did six figures in that space, you got my ears. Yeah. So once again, so, Don, the floor is yours. Introduce yourself and take it from there. That was really dope. I appreciate that. We did um, really appreciate your hospitality. And it was like right on time running into you. And that was the first time I met you. So that was really cool that we connected like that. But I am Dawn Marbury. I'm in Columbus, Ohio right now. And, um, you know, one of the people that are, you know, in the crypto investment space, um, I look at it as a long-term investment. Um, I'm not a day trader. So uh, some of the day trade stuff, like I've experienced that before in like previous bull cycles, but I, I think the reason that, you know, I'm able to sit here and talk to you now is because of a lot of the stuff that I learned in IT, just being coming from the person who used to build the computer, from the person that evaluates um, what technology goes in an environment as a fit from a managerial and a strategic planning level. A lot of that, of the education that I got um taking classes and on YouTube university helped that, you know, six figure run up. So I've always um, want to encourage people that uh, have an idea. They want to do something. Um, they are interested. People have been hearing about Bitcoin for years. Um, 
the first investment I think is investing yourself and your time. You don't necessarily have to spend money, but get on YouTube University and learn. Um, learning for yourself and doing your own research is going to be like a very key thing that you know you utilize in your arsenal along the way when you're coming up. Um, you know, in this volatile crypto crypto space. So, yeah. <laughs> It, it is very volatile, and and Don recently, I've I've lost a lot of money with crypto. I mean, it's, it's been it's been down, it's been down. It so has how, been. Yeah, how have you been able to you know weather those ups and downs, and um, you know, with the six figures, I'm I'm, I have to imagine that you're not putting in tens and the hundreds. You're you're dropping some stacks in, or well. I have four figure investments and we're talking about the last two years. Um, I have, I'll say 2020, April of 2020 was the, the cycle that I'm referring to now because I've had such, I've learned a lot since 2010 in Bitcoin. Um, but um, I have four figure investments that are in the six figures now, even with the market retraction. And a lot of that again is, I'm not necessarily looking at a, a trade analysis or looking at a trade signal to, to or uh, utilizing the same methodology that a day trader would use. I am more of um, a buy and hold person, a hodl person and um, a buy low, sell high person. And um, I think risk aversion has a lot to do with when you say what is buying low Um you know, so um, I think the reason that my portfolio has been resilient is because I built it for a bear market because I was one of those people that thought they were going to get rich in 2017 when Bitcoin went up to $20,000 and then uh, retracted. You know, I was somebody invested in the market in altcoins and I understood that, um, you know, it could quickly become like a casino if you don't um, do the, I, I just went in with more research based off of what I learned. So what I do is I, I'm not just looking at a trade analysis, not look, just looking at a trade signal or market sentiment per se. Um, one of the things that I look at is the um, use case. And again, these are IT terms. How do I, what do, what is this product attempting to do? And a lot of the things that I think that is important, especially for us as Black people, there's so many uh, people that are wanting to pitch to you, invest in this, invest in that. But um, I think it's really important to uh, not only look into what the use case is, but can the product be built, you know? Not just do I like what the person is saying and I believe in the person. And uh, I think when I what I did with my portfolio, because um, I started accumulating for this current cycle in April of 2020 uh, with $4,000, um, not a lot of money, but um, it was more or less uh, looking at the product. What is the use case? Can the team build what they're saying they can build it? And those two things, in my opinion, 
kind of build some resiliency in your portfolio in a bear market because okay. a lot of the crypto space is speculation. Right. So if you're speculating on something that is going to be nothing, so in a bear market, it has a lower probability of coming back unless there's a pump and dump. But if I'm building right. in something, if I'm investing in something that has a strong use case that can be built. And when I say a strong use case in this space, um, I think it should be people should be using crypto that don't know they're using it. The not crypto is a complex thing. You know, it's not the most user friendly thing in the world. But I think when I can look at a project that has a use case that extends to somebody that is a non crypto investor, non Bitcoin holder, that's intriguing to me. Um, If the product can be built and that is looking into the development team. And again, I'm somebody from the IT world. So I'm looking at, you know, I understand what um, to expect in IT product development, but also um, has these has this development team built anything or been part of anything amazing, spectacular, something that, you know, I would know. Um, so that was part of it. So, so to follow up, not to cut you off, but what's the mm-hmm. what's the use case? What's the use case for, let's say, Ethereum, or what's the use case for, you know, the biggest one out there, Bitcoin? What what is the use case? I mean, how would you describe that? Well, I think um, for me, those aren't, and this is going to sound treasonous, but those <laughs> aren't major he- hedges in my portfolio. Okay. Um, the things that I'm looking at are things that are. Um, going to be used in the multiverse or the metaverse, if you will, um, digital, physical um, currency. Um, and you, um, I think the main reason that you're that people are interested in Bitcoin and uh, what the blockchain is, the blockchain technology. Right. So I think the very first thing, um, if somebody didn't understand the use case of Bitcoin, would be to understand what is the blockchain. And the blockchain is like a digital ledger that provides so much security, but at the same time, anonymity, but at the same time, it's public. And the way that transactions are lodged there would um, potentially change the way that multi-industries are currently run under the infrastructure. We're under like you know how we drive down the freeway and the freeway was built in 1970 and we need something better. That's basically what the infrastructure we're running the internet on everything and technology is constantly growing. So when you're investing in Bitcoin, Ethereum, you're investing in the future of technology because the future of technology is going to be on blockchain. So um, I I think the that is a, a good reason to learn about blockchain and learn it for yourself to understand more. And I think everybody should have a general understanding and their own understanding before coming into this space because it can get like a casino. It can get like gambling quick. And there's always somebody that's shilling something. And, you know, when you, those fundamentals have to be in place, but I just look at it as, you know, the future of uh, a future digital ledger that 
lodges that logs transactions and multi industries can be built on the security and the privacy of the technology. Well, I've learned so much. You you've been talking for maybe seven eight minutes, and I've learned yeah. more in, in in your little small segment than yeah. I've had in years. So good job with that. <laughs> wow. uh, I, I don't want to. I know. I, I have another question. I don't want to monopolize because I'm so intrigued. Mm -hmm. Like I'm on the I'm on the edge of my seat right now when you're talking. But yeah, I, I, last I, witness. I, I just want to because you know we've had different people come on and talk about different topics, including crypto. But we've never had anybody come from the angle that you're coming from because I think this is the first time we're really hearing about someone who was really looking at the technology, and that that part is kind of fascinating to me. Is that you know with your background in IT, it's almost like you you weren't necessarily looking at the the end product. You were more looking at you know what was going into to creating that product. And I, I guess you know just kind of speak to that part as to when you were doing your research. What what were some of the things you were you know looking for? I, I know you had said uh, were these people part of anything extraordinary or something mm -hmm. like that. I mean, just, just kind of guide us through when you st first started looking at this type of technology, what it was you were researching. Well, um, <laughs> to be honest, when I first looked at it, um, it was just 2010 and I was somebody that was working on the help desk and building computers. And, um, you know, when you're sitting around the only girl in the room with a bunch of guys and we, you know, have conversation. A lot of the conversation is about, you know, technology, cutting edge things. And, um, you know, the conversation began to evolve around uh, things that could be accessed on the dark web. So as a nerd person, the person that dives into things that loves to learn, loves to research. You know, I wanted to learn all about the dark web. I was already working in technology anyway. So what I do would, uh, I learned how to configure computers back then. You know, it's a lot different. You know, now you just download a Tor browser and you're, you know, anonymous, anonymously, you know, on the internet and on a dark web. It was a lot different back then, uh, being able to configure a machine to uh, be able to access the dark web and just, you know, be able to show people the marketplace, what they could buy and, you know, how they bought what was on the marketplace, which is anything you could think of, um, was with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, the first time I saw it was probably 39, 45 cents. It was wow. never something that I thought about holding as an asset or store of value. I looked at it as a, as a conduit. I thought the sweet thing that I was bringing to as value to the table was showing people how to access the dark web in dark web marketplaces. I didn't know the value was actually the Bitcoin itself. And, you know, back then I was so careless with computers. I wrote a novel and I lost my novel multiple times and, you know, throwing away just random Dell devices. God knew not to let me know about Bitcoin then because I probably have a, a laptop with a hundred Bitcoin on it that I threw away and couldn't find, couldn't access it. The hard drive died on and I would rather not have that life. So, you know, I, that was the first, 
you know, my first inkling into Bitcoin. I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm like, oh, this is Mt. Gox. This is where you go by the Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is what you use to buy whatever it is that you're looking at over here on the Silk Road. Like, just never thought to store it as a, a means of value. So I had a friend that is also um, in technology field. In 2015, she told me like, hey, she'd go to all CES. She was a startup um, founder. She said, she told me like, hey, I know you know about Bitcoin. You should look back into it. So again, you know, just like when I was working in a data center, um, you know, in the server room and learning and learning more about Linux servers than the guys that were on the Linux server team. That was one of the things I just jumped in and I wanted to learn more about it. And that's when um, I kind of started using Bitcoin like a like I would say like a like a like a, a credit line. I put some money in, take it out, put some money in, take it out like, oh, this is cool. I never thought of using it um, like I do now as long-term investment in the crypto assets that I have. But um, I think it was a learning process and somebody that's not afraid to take a loss because you have to learn along the way. And one of the key things, I think if I take, if I, um, if anybody takes away anything from what I'm saying, uh, the key thing you know, outside of my IT background, there's a book by Ray Dalio called Principles. And it taught me a lot about investing and it closed a lot of the gaps for me. It helped me, um, you know, how the, the FOMO, emotional yeah. part of trading, it really um, solidified um, a lot of the things that I learned in IT, of course, but, you know, just about it's wise and wisdom with investing. So I would kind of um, think that would be the, you know, the the apex of the thing that put everything together for me. And, you know, the main principle there, you know, it sounds so simple is buy low, sell high. Like as the market's down right now, I wish I had more fiat cash. Like I'm not panicking. My portfolio is up still, but I did. I've, have I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yes but I stand to gain exponentially more. So I, I mean, and that's just, you know, I'm, I'm obviously don't have a crystal ball, but I'm bullish on what I've invested in because of the research I've done. But um, I also think that research was backed by a lot of education and that's in, you know, YouTube university, like I said, and uh, Ray Dalio's principles. It's on Audible. If you know you can't read a book, like I didn't get the paperback, I got the Audible version. But so Don, it helped me a lot. Well, I'm just gonna say that uh, you know, uh, you ain't got to sell yourself short. Our, our people are taking a lot from this interview. I know I am, and I know you know the fellas are. And when this gets out, I'm sure people are gonna be like, you know, whoa, it's a lot of gems coming coming from you right now. So uh, don't sell yourself short. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, but uh, I definitely like um, in the 2015 run up to the 2017 bull run, you know, our friends, we had a group of black folks. We were we had a Slack channel and we just talk, you know, about crypto because it was so isolated patches. All of us all across the country, we wanted to connect and talk about it. But, um, you know, 
after the market retracted, you know, people kind of think everyone always says Bitcoin is dead. You know, Bitcoin was, you know, fraction of a penny in 2009, went to nine cents and, you know, then it goes up to a dollar and crash. Like there's people that, you know, sold Bitcoin at nine dollars. Wow. You know, Bitcoin is dead. So Don, it was dead at sixteen thousand. It was dead at thirty thousand. Like your friend you know, Eric didn't believe it. I would be investing in risk aversion. Is what I would be looking at as the first, you know, important thing to look at. So one thing that you said earlier, um, and you also mentioned it in when you were here talking to me, and it's one thing I've held on to, mm-hmm. held on to the entire time is that you're not heavy into like the retail stuff. So like you, I remember you said, you was like, man, by the time that you guys hear about it, I've already made my money. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin. Yeah. I like low market cap gems. And that's the part of doing the research up front because that's when you can, it's a higher risk, but you have a, a more chance for exponential gain. And that's why the first thing is, can this product be built? Um, there's a particular product, and I, I, I don't know if you all talk about, do you guys talk about what's in your portfolio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's something I'd like y'all to look into called Luxo. And Luxo is a multiverse blockchain that, you know, we were talking about Ethereum. You know, I remember when Ethereum was $300. You know, I have a, a, a dude that was investing in Ethereum when it was $38. Um, there is uh, the, one of the people that helped build the blockchain uh, protocol. It's built on ERC-20. Um, and he is building ERC-725 again, upgrading our infrastructure of what we're doing in technology. So um, this is his new, this is his new uh, venture into the crypto space. And when I tell you that the investment team and the development team. Nike is invested in this. Uh, Chanel, Carl Lagerfeld, Louis Vuitton, um, Instagram. And, you know, as soon as so, you know, I started accumulating it at 69 cents. And this is something that's, you know, is trading as high as $44 and currently trading at 16. And it's only scratched a potential of its market cap. So the reason that I don't invest in Ethereum and blockchain, Ethereum and Bitcoin is because the market cap is so high. So the while it is a lower risk, I like higher risk if because I'm doing the research up front. So it's not a gamble per se, but um, I feel for a mid and long-term hold, um, Luxo is a resilient um, it will be resilient in a bear market and it'll be something that has an, a strong possibility to continue to grow and be a four figure um, coin one day. Are you trading? Are you trading on platforms like Coinbase, crypto? I mean, um, yeah, Coinbase or what, what platforms are you are you trading? on? Well, I usually like buy my web. Bitcoin on the cash app. I do have a Coinbase. I used to use Coinbase a lot. Um but now I, I use KuCoin, I use Crypto.com, um, I use uh, Ocean and EX, I use um, um, I, let me see. I'm like missing a big one. I gotta look at my phone really quick. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I had that's a, a lot. Freeze. Yeah. Don, another question. Where you're looking? Finance. 
Yeah, Binance. So. Yeah, so my goal is to, what I'm looking at, like you said, Coinbase. My goal is to buy something before it gets on Coinbase. That's it. That's that's huh. what you was telling me. And that's what I want you to kind of highlight is what gets you to the step before that? Like, because you, you say research, but just talk to us like we elementary because we have no clue where to start. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what, what does that look like? Well, um, for me, it looked like being, like I said, we I had a Slack channel. So I had a community of people that I knew that taught crypto. And I had, um, you know, a YouTube algorithm that is pulling up crypto all the time. I don't have a social media. So when I, my social media accounts, I use them for research. So what are the people on Twitter saying about this? Like, so if I hear like, you know, see like, you know, um, a dollar sign LYXE and I'm like, hmm, what is this? So I'll look up the, go to the website. I'll read the white paper. You know, it's, I think for me, it may be different because again, I work in the technology field, but that's the first thing that I do is read the white paper. And um, then I look at uh, what are they trying to build? Can they build it? And I look at the, the market cap because again, I want something that's undiscovered. So if it is, has a huge market cap, I'm like kind of, I'm going to, I'm not going to say that it's not going to be continued to grow, but again, you know, if I'm buying something with a $150 million market cap and I know it could go to a trillion dollar market cap, or I mean, excuse me, a billion dollar market cap or $350 billion market cap, wouldn't it be advantageous for me to like invest in it when it's a, you know, in the hundred millions versus in the billion. So that's what I'm looking at as far as market cap. Um, and I are you looking at, are you looking at penny? Hmm? Are you looking at penny, like penny crypto? Like, the, the, I mean, the- yeah. So like I said, a lot of the invest, I have $3,000 investments that I are in the six figures and I've started buying that in 2020. Like, I wish I would have bought more. That's what the things, but you know, I did the research on it. It checked out. It was a working product. I don't know if you heard of Matic. Like, that's why I thought it was so cool that you all had those Illmatic, uh, you know, I almost got Illmatic on the license plate on my Porsche because I love rap and I got paid off of this coin named Matic, you know? Oh, word. Yes. (laughs) That would have been dope, man. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to get Illmatic on there, you know, but... um, when I start buying Matic, it was half a penny. So I'm just like, oh, I'll put $300 in this week, you know, 400 in this week. But I was expanding my portfolio because every all the research I did on Matic, it made sense to me. Mm. The advisory board made sense. The development team made sense. The market cap was low. What they were trying to build, NFTs, um, DeFi, um, the, the second layer protocol over, over Ethereum, so lower gas fees on those NFTs, it just made sense. And wow. when I went to their website, the website looked good. You know, I'm like, oh, it works. And, you know, there's things called staking in crypto. So what you do is, you know, I took my um, 60,000 Matic that I spent $2,000 for and I you know, you uh, staking is a 
process that you just kind of lock it with them on their website, just like you have your funds in your wallet, you're locked with the, um, the, 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 um, the assets on, you know, it helps their, their network, uh, redundancy and security and, um, with their computer nodes. So that's what it's basically just giving them custody of it, make money off of that. And, you know, that's my highest, you know, it's, you know, when something does 3000% and it's not, it's scratching the surface. That's what buy low is. Buy something at half a penny that's going to be trading at, you know, a a dollar seventy five that's projected to be ten dollars. Yeah. But that's where it, the trade analysis part comes in. And, I mean, it gets you know, it gets so overwhelming. Research. It gets so overwhelming being novices at it. And mm-hmm. I've, I've been trading Bitcoin for a while, but not nothing like you. And I'm still a novice. It gets so overwhelming. Because mm-hmm. I, I get these emails with all these uh, penny penny coins yeah. coming in. And it's like, which one should I buy? It's like, you know, it, it becomes overwhelming. So you're just saying, hey, do your research. Go to their website. See if see if it's actually something that's going to be feasible. And, and, and if you can, if they can right. actually build it. Right. If they can build right. it. Go to Twitter and put that um, that that dollar sign. L-Y-X-E or that dollar sign R-S-R or that do- dollar sign Matic and see what people are saying. You know, look at how popular it is, the social engagement it is. There's Telegram channels that a lot of information is going back and forth about, you know, low cap market cap gems. And I'm one of the people that look at uh, the crypto space, you know, potentially as something the way the, stock, the NASDAQ Dow Jones is going to be for us currently, you know, there's going to be a lot of successful projects and, you know, there's not going to be just one that you're looking at that's going to catch fire. You know, there's going to be multiple ones and Bitcoin will probably be like that petrodollar, you know, to kind of be the thing that, you know, um, grounds the market as it is for, for lack of a better word. So Don, if we, Obviously, you have a process in place at a very high level. If you were to like just step out your process mm-hmm. and you're saying and we're all telling you because we are highly interested. And I told you when you were here, like, hey, I, I'm ready to put some money in tomorrow. Yeah. What does that give us? What's our first step? What should we be doing to 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 set up? A first foundation? step is called Don, bro. <laughs> well, I got the number, so I, I, I like uh, Don. Don, yeah, friends. your name I on me. I hope people yeah. up. So but, what? What should? Because you gave me some stuff to start, like downloading and some stuff to to start installing on my computer. Yeah. So if you could give the fellas here as well as our listeners the startup process of how do we? Because right now we're all retail. I I want to discount Doug because Doug's been doing this mm-hmm. a lot longer than we than we have. But I know myself. I'm a retail crypto person. If I see it on the internet, I buy it. I don't do yeah. any research. It's a gamble. I bought the Shiba coin yeah. FOMO. And I the more research I do, I realize that Shiba's not going nowhere. Like it's mm-hmm. you know I mean, like it's just it's it has its cap. So what's a tell us how we should be setting ourselves up to start doing more of what you're doing? Well, the first thing I think that is important in this space is understanding risk aversion. If you aren't willing to lose a lot of like I tell um, people all the time, if you 
I take a 40% loss all day to take thousand percent gains. You know, it's a volatile space. So it's going to be up and down. Hodling is my strategy. It's not a day trade strategy. It's literally the most simple thing is buy low, sell high. So that takes a lot of different uh, paths to get to high. And it's not a straight line. It, it goes up and down often. So the first thing I would do is understand my risk aversion, because if I want to get in a crypto space and I'm not risk averse, you can still get in the space, but I would just behodle Ethereum and Bitcoin because they are going to be your safest bet in this space. Now, when we talk into the altcoin space, that's like the wild, wild west. And that's, again, that's when you have to kind of break down and do some research. The altcoins, my portfolio is very high risk, um, but I felt for what I knew that that was, I could absorb the risk um, for what I, for what I, I did. And I'm glad that I took the risk that I did when I did. Um, I, and I feel like my portfolio is bare market resilient. And that's because I bought so low. So if something drops 40%, like, you know, um, like I was talking about Luxo was trading at $44. I paid 69 cents for mine. So when it drops to $17, my heart's not beating out of their, my chest. But yeah, there's up. so many people that, you know, I, I tell them about certain uh, assets. But again, this is why principles by Ray Dalio is so important and FOMO is so important because people don't want to buy Bitcoin at $37,000. They want to buy Bitcoin at $75,000. It's very hard not to follow the herd. It's hard not, you know, so buying low, most people buy high and sell low because they're like, oh, let me sell something because it's down 40%. Let me keep something. But if mine is down 40%, I'm buying. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's, that's what's so scary because right now, you know, I just want to buy. I want to buy because, I mean, everything's so low. But then you start to think, man, shit, am I just throwing this money away? So that's that's where I am right now with my investment strategy, because I'm always I'm I'm a I'm a buy and hold like like yourself, and uh, and right now it's time to buy. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of the things I'm seeing is it's time to buy, and just pulling that trigger, you know, it, it gets difficult, especially when you got you know kids and and college and stuff like that. But it goes back to your risk. Your risk aversion. Right? Like your I'm a single person. female that makes six figures at her job with no kids and no dependents. So I have a high risk. I can take on more risk as most people. I don't have student loan debt. You know, I, I like, so my risk aversion isn't as, right. you know, tight as most people's would be. But that's not to say that I didn't thoroughly research what I invested in. But do you um, want to sponsor, you want to sponsor my child in, in college? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if, you're, if we can uh, put the put some money in the market, your child probably be sponsoring us in a few years. Right. Hopefully, so hopefully, many opportunities hopefully she's listening there. to these podcasts. Hopefully she's listening. She's listening to these podcasts and, and learning stuff. Yeah, uh -huh. there's so many opportunities out here, and and that's the cool thing about buying low because, like I said, I have three 
four-figure investments that are six figures. I didn't have to put a lot of money in. You know what I mean? But buying that that buying low is it's a discipline. Buying low and selling high is a discipline. And and I think you know, listening to somebody like Ray Dalio that was, you know, buying Microsoft stock in, you know, 1985, but was like, oh, Apple, um, I'm not getting that. Like, imagine a FOMO on missing Apple in 1980, in the ni- early 1980s. Like, you can't catch them all. And you had to forget, you know, be able as a trader to kind of be logical and, you know, and he bet his money on Bill Gates. It's not a loss, but was it the same kind of exponential exponential gain? Or if you could, would you have invested in both? Of course. Like I have days that I wish that I would have invested all of my portfolio in Matic, you know, because I would be a multimillionaire, but I have to wait for it. You know, Sometimes you just got to wait for the market and it gives you an opportunity again to put more money in. And um, I think Bitcoin is one of those things that, you know, I'm not, I don't know if it's going to be three months, six months, nine months or 18 months, but I think it's resilient. So what's on your, uh, like what's on your watch list? Like, what are you, what are you researching now that you haven't pulled the trigger on? Um, hey, he wants. He wants to know the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like, man, let's quit dancing around over here. And, yeah, let's, right. let's, he wants to get down to the nitty gritty. Hey, man, this this information might be on our our paid subscription, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah you so can't give away all the gems. <laughs> so you well, know what hey. I think is super cool right now that I'm watching, and this is why I think it's cool. Um, it's called ENS and it's Ethereum name system. And the cool thing about this one is it's been out less than a year. So I love things that are brand new because again, it gives, it has more time and room yeah, to grow and you can accumulate it at a lower cost. And yeah. what it is, is, um, you know, you have an Ethereum wallet. You all mentioned Ethereum earlier. You know how those wallet addresses look. So what Ethereum wallet does is that DNS is an Ethereum name service, and it is similar to what we have on the internet with domain name services, how it resolves 10.25.32, the IP address resolves to, you know, the shaderoom.com. So my um, Ethereum wallet address resolves to lovedon.eth. So it is words instead of that long, crazy Ethereum wallet address with all those hundred, it's probably 20 something characters in the, in the deposit address. So if you wanted to send me Ethereum, you would just get it from your Coinbase wallet and send it to lovedon.e. And people are buying um, uh, these Ethereum domain addresses, like back in the day, um, there was a story of, about Left Eye, one of my favorite rappers, and she was early on the dot com thing. So she would buy like her favorite, her friends, email her um, friends um, website addresses before scammers could because people would hold them for ransom. So she'd buy like littlekim.com and give it to littlekim.com give it to little Kim because people were charging them money, celebrities money for their own names. 
for um, domains back in the day for websites. So as we move into the metaverse and crypto world becoming more uh, adaptable, one of the things that I think is really cool to look into is ENS because there's going to be people that make crypto payments um, using addresses like lovedon.eth and, and, you know, um, you can kind of register your own domain address um, with Ethereum. Um, Are you saying ENX? ENS, like Ethereum name system. Okay. Yeah. I'm taking notes, Don. I mean, you got bear with And it's me. Ethereum name service. I'm sorry. So ENS. So this is currently trading at like $18. But um, like I said, it's really new. And I like the use case. And it's a working website. And I think that in the future, you know, when and it was just ironic because I looked at it. I looked up uh, rocknation.eth was taken already. Jay-Z.eth was taken already. So people are registering. Um, already. Yep. Kim Kardashian.eth is taken already. So people are registering these names. And can I think it's going to be. see if Sanchez.eth is taken? <laughs> you should check. <laughs> you should check. Um, you well, know, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a cool one. Man, yeah, yeah. We, we got to get, get our .eth real quick, man. <laughs> <laughs> so would you. So everything. So the Bitcoin, I mean, cryptocurrency is basically a subset of like the stock market because it sounds mm -hmm. like you can do the same thing, the same things that you're doing to to buy and sell stocks and to hold stocks. You're doing with Bitcoin. It just exactly. may require a different platform. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that also gets me is there's so many different platforms. And so how do you and like you can't buy all the coins on Coinbase like you may have nope. to have this platform or you may have this platform and I know you mentioned like some of the platforms that you have but can you go over those real quick just as a as a refresher of, of what platforms sure. you have? <laughs> hold on yes. Don. hold on Don, I'm about to buy a thousand and I'm gonna bring my wife down and I'm gonna tell her hey Don told me to buy a thousand dollars don't say that <laughs> hey Carrie that's <laughs> <bad. laughs> I, I am about These to are Jesus. I want I'm you to, to do right your now. own research. You know how they say Dior, Dior, Pop Smoke, Dior, yeah. D-Y-O-R. Do your you, own you, you research. research. You're my research right now. <laughs> you know what, Doug? The, the crazy thing is, I told Don the same thing. Don, just let me give you some money and you do it for me. And she was like, I no. do that for people. I yeah, do do like, that for people. I go to, I do it for my father. Um, I do it for my friends. I'll, I've literally, I'll explain to them everything I'm doing. Um, but I'll, I do it for them. That's, part, I do do it. So <laughs> I, I just bought, I just bought some. So is Eric in good standing with you? Like if we go through Eric and he goes to you, I does I'm in good standing? I, I, I have to make sure, man. You might be on bad terms. I'm like, I might oh, need to man. forge my own relationship. Hey, man, it's, my, it's my cousin's <laughs> best friend. I think we good. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, hey, Don. I have to let you know that Eric. Eric was anti-crypto. I mean, he he was every time we'll send out something about crypto, he'll send something uh, a, a negative ad. We'll send something <laughs> good about crypto, he'll send like a negative. We don't know what's going to happen. So he, yeah. he's one of those people. He's one of those naysayers that you were talking about earlier right. in this uh, episode. And, and I, hey, you know what? I actually I'll own that man because I am a, a late a late starter to the crypto 
and a lot of my crypto investment now is honestly it was FOMO. It was like, okay, man, it it has to be doing something because everybody keeps talking about it. Mm-hmm. So let me just throw a couple bucks at it. And once again, risk adverse. What am I willing to gamble? What am I willing to lose? I throw that into the crypto space and not worry about it. Exactly how my, my thought process was, bro. Because I didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. All I heard was, it's risky, it's unregulated, it's the wild, wild west. I'm like, all right. So as soon as y'all put it in a, in a chat, I look at it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm buying, but I don't, I'm only going to throw a couple bucks in here anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it's like, I remember, B-Dub, I remember when you were signing up, you was like, man, why is it asking for my license? And yeah, you man, it was, it. It was shiesty, man. Look, I signed up on Coinbase. It was asking for my, my license number. I'm like, nah, man, this is something different. I, I can't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel you, but you know, when I signed up for Coinbase, it didn't ask for that. So when you when you said that, I'm like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. When I signed up for crypto.com, uh, it asked for the same thing. I'm taking pictures of my license front and back. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a level of security that I feel that they're trying to achieve. I understand that part, but you know, as a person that's been hacked before and my identity's been stolen, I'm annoyed. Yeah. You know, I think they do that for tax purposes. Yeah, I'm sure it's gotta be. Yeah, they gotta send you something. Yeah, and that's what's so cool about DeFi because crypto allows you to really become your own bank in a lot of ways because you are able to take loans that do not show up on your credit report out against assets that you own without selling them and get fiat money sent directly to you at a rate bank would never give you. And for us as Black people, having that kind of uh, bridge for our economic uh, gap I think it's so powerful and I wish that more people would learn about it and, you know, get into it um, because, uh, you know, it it definitely allows you to have access. Um, But again, buying low, selling high, like, or not even selling because I haven't sold anything in my portfolio. I've been able to leverage it to, to be able to have fiat things. Um, I've leveraged it for vacations. I leveraged it for the vehicle I bought. So that's what I was going to ask you about. So, well, congratulations on that Porsche. What color is it? Red. Yeah, that's nice. It's it's dope too. I walked outside. (laughs) And it's an Illmatic Porsche that was bought with Matic, and I didn't even sell my Matic, even though my dad and my dad is old school because he knew I made so much money in the market. He wanted me to just buy the car, clean out in cash. And I'm like, daddy, you don't understand. My crypto is worth more than this fiat. And I know how to borrow against it. And, you know, when you get a loan, and this is the dope part about loans, loans are non-taxable events. Selling, they might tax you for, they might, somebody might audit you. You know, there's a people that sell all day, all the time in crypto and, you know, nothing never happens, but you don't want to be that one person that, you know, Coinbase in the letter to like, you know, so when you're taking a loan out against something that you already own and you're getting, you're paying like 5.5% interest on it, that's way better than what a bank would do for you. You know what I mean? And you don't even get your credit, credit report pulled and you're not paying taxes. 
Right. 0.5. That's how 0.5 rich is great. Mm-hmm. 0.5% is great. Rich people don't ever sell. They borrow against their own assets and leverage, you know, against collateralized loans. Right. So you were I, able to I've do never that in the buy market. You could do that with Bitcoin, Ethereum. You could do that with all those, uh, with quite a few points at this stage. It's almost like taking a line of credit out on your house. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When you, when you use your equity, when you leverage your equity and use that capital. I've never thought about that, Don. Yeah. And imagine doing that without pulling your credit report. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's dope. Well, Don, I feel like you, we've, 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 uh, I'm not done yet. Are you not, not done yet? <laughs> <laughs> nah, go. We might have to have you back, Don. For real. Nah, no. Well, I was. Yeah, I was honestly. Come back I was anytime, just, Eric. You I know, was, I'll, I'll come back. Yeah, I was honestly <laughs> just about to speak to that. Um, previously, uh, we call William down here on the bottom of the screen. We call him Blast. He had his son on, and we uh, we 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 called him the honorary sixth member. I think you've become the honorary seventh member. Hey, number seven. <laughs> I'll take it all day. I appreciate it. You are the honorary seventh member. Hey. You are welcome back anytime. Um, Thank you, you so know, much. You, I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you, you've been dope. I knew you would be dope just, just based on the conversation that we had in the kitchen. And that was only, you know, just a, maybe an hour conversation. But I think, like, you got so much more knowledge in you. We would be doing ourselves as well as our listeners a disservice by not having you back on. Um, I'll be doing myself a disservice if I didn't ask for your number. Like, listen, I'm married <laughs> and I haven't asked for a female's number in so long, <laughs> but I want your number so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he just do us all a favor and add her to the group chat, Rick, right quick. <laughs> right. Hey, yeah, we'll that, that would be chat. better. Eric yeah, got start, my number. I got a group chat. Well, actually, a separate group chat. Either, yeah, separate. It, it can't be the one that we're always in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don, Don, will check. Don, delete us real quick from the group. Because right. we'll talk hip hop too, Don. We'll talk a little hip hop. That's too. what's up. Y'all uh, playing the new Nas Magic? Y'all playing? Oh that? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. I like it. Yeah, Eric, I'm, you were playing that when you came to the house. Yeah, you? I was playing that. I, I didn't. I didn't care for KD two. But I like that magic, man. That yeah, magic. I, I like both of them. I don't like KD too, but I like magic. Yeah. How fast have you gotten? How fast have you gotten uh, the Porsche up to? Well, I used driving? to. I, have, I don't. I drive the Porsche slow. Okay. And that's because I had an Audi before I drove. A, had a Porsche, Audi's and I did one sixty seven in my Audi. Wow. And so I, I don't have the same going. need to drive fast. I drive that Porsche slow, yeah. like um um. Eric's cousin Kimberly, she says she wanted to put it, get it up. I'm like, you gotta put it in sport. Like you know, you drive it in sport, but me, I don't drive it in sport. I drive it slow. But the Audi, um, I used to uh, do IT for Honda of America, which is out in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. It took me about an hour to get there, and I was a second shift IT manager. So the dudes that used to have the Honda Civics, they used to always try to race me, and <laughs> I. Still- a Civic versus like I, hit, I hit 167 in the Audi A, A4. It was an A4? Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It still didn't have nothing for the Civic, though. Even though it was an A4, it still didn't have nothing for the Civic. Man, the Civics, they were sh- shaking in their boots, those boys. We pull over <laughs> to the gas station. They like, I feel like my car is about to fall apart. <laughs> right. And my car, <laughs> Audi, feels like it's going six seventy five miles an hour when it's, it's made for the autobahn it's made for the autobahn it's, it's made to go yeah back. so it's scary i would always feel like man if i hit something i'm gonna die so yeah, 
You would have. You would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't drive that Porsche fast at all. I don't know the fastest I've driven it. Probably ninety. <laughs> oh, does it feel? Does it feel a lot? I, mean, I know it's a lot heavier, but can you feel the horsepower a lot more than that than the, the Audi? Well, I haven't even driven the car in sport yet, so I have to answer them when I come back. I'll put that thing in sport. Okay. And I'll tell y'all. <laughs> I'm a car guy, so I'm, I'll, I'll ask questions yep, about cars. It, I, that's why I can't answer it the same way. Because, you know, driving it in sport is totally different than totally regularly different. driving a, a turbo. Even though both RPMs, the RPMs, the RPMs go up and you like, oh, shoot, it's time for me to smash this gas. Yeah, yeah so I want to put it in sport first. But we've got snow and ice in Ohio, so I don't know when I'll be able to. Right. Well, yeah. so far we're supposed to get snow and ice. We just. But well, we need you to stick. We need you to be safe. So don't be, you know, be <laughs> don't, don't be risky out there. Yeah, what they say? No. What they say? Protect. Yeah, we got to protect Don at all costs. Man, yeah, we got to protect <laughs> our investment. Man. We got to definitely protect our investment, man. <laughs> man. Once again, Don, I want to thank you for taking time out to to join us. Um, the information that you've given us is priceless. Like I said, um, I can only speak for myself, but I I feel like I'm. I can speak for us all kind of saying, you know, we're we all dabble in the re, in the retail space. So to get a perspective from somebody that's coming from a an IT perspective that looks at things before it hits coin. And that's the one like I said, that's the one thing that intrigued me. You was like, yo, I'm buying before it hits Coinbase. So by the time it hits Coinbase, I've already made my money. And I'm like, that's where we need to be. Because mm-hmm. it, like you said, once it hits the Internet and everybody jumps in, well, that runs it up. And if you got in when it was half a penny, when it runs up to that dollar, you done made some real bread. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's my question, though. Before it gets to Coinbase, where are you buying it? You said. Oh, so you would buy coins like that on places like KuCoin. Um, you that? It's K-U-C-O-I-N. Okay. You would use um, Ocean, <laughs> N-E-X, and that's O. C A N E X. You would use Binance, which is like finance with a B. Um, crypto.com, I use that. And um, so I was using crypto. Those are the main the ones. Those are, and, and also, when you get into um, buying, uh, you know, uh, low market cap gems and undiscovered gems, you can get into the DEXs. Um, those are decentralized exchanges that are like wallet swaps, and you can utilize a Uniswap for that. But again, you're looking at gas fees at that Ethereum level, layer one level. So you kind of have to be careful with um, how much you're willing to pay. But I'm somebody that I've, I've paid hundreds of dollars in gas fees. Because I knew I was going to get thousands of dollars back in return. So See, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what the gas fees are. Gas that's why fees are the price of again. doing business on the Ethereum network. Let's just oh, look okay. at it like that. It'd be like yeah. a broker's fee with a with a stock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay, so it's like mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they can get so pretty pricey. So yeah. Well, I want to thank you, and I want to I want to congratulate you too for doing so well and 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 being so. Um, having the wherewithal to get in the business so early. I mean, that, that took, you know, that took some courage and, and the intelligence. So uh, congratulations. It's Black History Month and this black woman is doing her thing. So I'm like, yeah. 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 I think it's a better way to start off the month on the show. Without right. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Once again, Don, thank you for hopping on. We appreciate you. Um, welcome back anytime. I'm sure I'm gonna get I'm gonna get pressure from these guys to get you back on sooner rather than later. Uh once again, thank y'all for tuning in. Hops and Stocks, episode 26, signing off. Presented by Hunter Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. Trademark copyrighted by Hunter Spoke Media Group.